Welcome to the NXT Podcast, your home for weekly NXT reviews and insight. The beautiful part of NXT is that when one dream ends, another dream begins. Find all of your NXT news, recaps, and analysis right here. So with that being said, we only have one question for you. Are you We thought so. Let's get the show started right now. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the NXT podcast. I'm Zachary Smith. I'm very excited to be with you here today. We're building up for our next premium live event, so we're still setting things up for that. We got plenty of time to work through that and figure out what everybody's doing solid step in that direction now we usually talk about the news stuff that's going on so what did i miss right doesn't seem like a ton uh biggie got his neck broken which was terrible um luckily He's okay. He's not going to have to have surgery, so that's fantastic. No idea how long he's going to be out, but being the guy he is, almost immediately put out a video telling people not to worry about him because that's the kind of guy he is. For somebody that they were not interested any longer in being the champion or a champion to represent their company in outside affairs, Big E keeps having these examples of when he handles things like what you would want one of your old world champions to to do. So if if his character doesn't get anything from having been in main events, the man certainly did because he got a chance to show everyone that this was not a fluke. Like, I'm, I'm ready to do this in several different ways. So best thoughts to him. He seems to be upbeat about it or at least he's doing a good job of faking it one of those but either way that was kind of the big thing that happened um so we usually talk about the news stuff that's that's going on the other thing uh, i missed um was some wrestlemania uh, set up with with old kevin owens and seth rollins here now kevin owens has something to do it at WrestleMania. He's, he's having a Kevin Owens show with Stone Cold. It was a little confusing as to whether that was going to be a match or like just a talking segment. Seems like it's just going to be a talking segment. I certainly hope it's not Kevin Owens just being a bad guy, being a bad guy, and then they hit a stunner and that's it because that's not a lot, but that feels like what they're going to do. Um, Kevin Owens is absolutely talented enough to go back and forth with with Stone Cold. Um, I don't think they're going to give you a chance to see that, but I just want you to know that. So he's got a plan, right? He's all good. Guy who doesn't, uh, Seth Rollins, who, I mean, has maybe the greatest WrestleMania moment of all time when he cashed in and won that title. He's beaten Brock one-on-one for that title at a WrestleMania. Um... A guy who, like, in the in the storyline of your company should be a featured member of, of a WrestleMania, right? So, I would think, then, that you would want to have him, you know, in a featured spot. 
So instead of like that, um, they decided to do the story of like, oh man, we don't have WrestleMania matches because we're dorks and we can't get anybody to fight us. And we're not going to fight each other just because, but we're dorks and we're losers. And Kevin Owens literally has to, to call out an aged legend who retired a long time ago to give him a WrestleMania match, or rather, moment. And listen, that's maybe not the biggest deal in the world, but it kind of is the whole WWE system in a storyline. It also doesn't make Kevin Owens super important. Add that to the list of Roman Reigns opponents that they didn't do anything with after. So... That's fine. At least he's doing something, right? Now, Seth, on the other hand, got nothing to do. And we're getting real close to WrestleMania. And obviously, we know that at some point, he's going to be facing Cody Rhodes. So, Cody Rhodes, it's been reported that he is all... Like, his contract is signed. They're just, you know, they haven't debuted him yet. So... It would seem to me then that the plan would be to just have Cody come out on a Raw and then you somehow work your way into a WrestleMania program with him and Seth Rollins. Now, that match could be fun. The promos could be fun. The problem is we're not leaving a lot of time for them. If perhaps he had debuted a couple of weeks ago, then like they would have time to, to build this up because like if we were back... Like, a few years after The Rock and Stone Cold were both gone. And they both showed up on a Raw, and they went into, like, one feud with each other to pop a WrestleMania. I would kind of understand that, storyline-wise. The Rock and Stone Cold don't like each other. They both think they're the best. They had a legendary rivalry. That's kind of a plug-and-play situation. Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes don't have a ton in common with this character that Seth does and whatever Cody is. So, like, presumably you're banking then on the shock of Cody Rhodes debuting, right? Which, I don't know about that. And then you're banking on, like, uh, well, it's it's a match for him to have. So, few problems. Um, I'm not going to care about a microwaved story. Like, the, the thing... The biggest match, or one of the biggest matches going into WrestleMania, probably isn't going to be the one that we set up a week before WrestleMania. I think we're, I think we're maybe overestimating the reaction to Cody Rhodes suddenly appearing again because WWE makes a big deal of like the internet wrestling community is not the majority. It's a, it's a loud voice but a small one kind of thing. And that's fine, but like if if your crowds at WrestleMania were all IWC fans who know that Cody was one of the founders of AEW and it really is a pretty big deal that he's gone back to WWE. But WrestleMania is not attended by and is not made for the internet wrestling community or like wrestling fans. And I don't mean that disparagingly necessarily. They're for entertainment fans. We're doing a Sami Zayn cast of jackass story still stone cold is is coming back and hasn't wrestled since the early 2000s because of a neck injury 
like some of your the be, one of the best wrestlers in your company, Seth Rollins, in storyline is not good enough to have had a match with anybody, including before all this his best friend. When they could have just said, "Hey, let's fight." So, I think maybe because your crowds at WrestleMania and leading up to it are, are less hardcore fans and more casual fans that you think want more entertainment. Those fans aren't going to know or particularly care that Cody is a founding member of AEW. They're probably not going to mention it a lot. And the last time WWE fans would have seen Cody Rhodes, it's one of two options. They either have not seen him and do not know who he is, so you're debuting some guy. I know we know who Cody Rhodes is, but a fan that started watching a couple of years ago probably has no idea. Or if you do know who he is, then if you're a WWE loyalist, then you will remember him as Stardust. And Stardust and Goldust had some fun matches. There was like a battleground pay-per-view where they had to win for like their jobs or something. Dusty was at ringside. It was against the Shield. It was a really great reaction from that crowd. I'm not saying he didn't have cool moments. I am saying that what he was not, what he never was was a star. He was put in a stable with Ted DiBiase Jr. and Randy Orton. They were called Evolution. It was going to build these two guys up and keep Randy Orton, you know, viable as a bad guy. And what happened is Ted DiBiase left wrestling. Cody Rhodes was made no better for it. Randy Orton just beat both of them up most of the time. He was never anything. He made a, he made a, I'm going to wear this nose guard face mask thing because I'm ugly and all these fans are ugly. He made that fun, but like that guy was never going to be world champion. And I don't know that it's because of anything about Cody. I think it's because of the way that they used Cody. Cody was never a star and he was never going to be. That was decided. It doesn't matter that you're a Rhodes. The McMahons don't respect last names that aren't theirs. So, He's going to come back, and it's going to either be like, I don't know who this is, or, hey, isn't that Stardust, dude? And so you're just going to watch Seth Rollins come up with a reason to want to fight this person and a reason why this person thought it was so important to come back to fight Seth Rollins that they're going to just debut here right in front of WrestleMania. I don't understand what the hook would be for this match because I watch AEW and NXT. I've been fascinated I was fascinated for maybe a week by the Cody Rhodes stuff. And then you know what happened? It kept happening and kept happening. And nothing new happened. And he was coy about it. And I there was no new information. I stopped caring. I don't care. So I, I'm not watching the show every week hoping Cody debuts. I'm just going to watch the replay on Twitter when he debuts. And then I'm probably going to watch WrestleMania at some point, but when that match is video packaged at the beginning, I'm not going to go, oh, hell yeah, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be, oh, right, well, if you need to make a sandwich or something, then you can do it here, because that's not an interesting story, and I've never been super into Cody matches. Seth Rollins is really great, but that's just a wrestling match that you're doing. And I the way you set it up made me care about Seth less. So what are we what are we doing here? So anyway, that's WrestleMania. So NXT. 
We're starting off with a ladder match qualifier. This is for the North American title. Roderick Strong with Malcolm Bivens versus Solo Sokoa. That's a hard name to say. It never feels like you said it right, I guess. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are on on uh, commentary for this match. Nailed it. Santos Escobar came out later and did that thing where you watch the people in the ring. Like, you're just you're watching them. You're taking mental notes. Um, Roger Strong had, like, control of the most of the match, but Solo Sokoa ends up knocking him off the top rope. Hits a, um, uh, the splash and then wins, and he qualifies for that North American ladder title match. That's fine. You seem to be doing something else with Roderick Strong and Diamond Mine. Um, <clears throat> he's not going to win the North American title, so you might as well put a new guy in here. This is a little bit like what they did with Lars Sullivan. Like, this guy hasn't really been on TV much. We don't know a lot about him, but we are going to throw him in this ladder match to get some experience. Now, I imagine Solo Zakoa will be more interesting and will have less uh, red flags about him than uh, Lars Sullivan, but that's kind of what they do sometimes. So fine. Tony D'Angelo versus Dexter Loomis. So, like, they're having a good match. Um, D'Angelo gets a crowbar, um, hits Loomis in the face. Tony hits that swinging neck breaker and he wins. Tony's trying to cut a promo, but Tommaso Ciampa interrupts him. He's been a busy dude, going on Raw, going on NXT. Uh, he's gonna, he hits him with the fairy tale ending. He says he's going to write his own fairy tale ending at Stand and Deliver. So that's good. Um, <clears throat> ending was weird, but it's fun to, to see Ciampa back in NXT. Didn't know if we'd see that. Um, and Tony D'Angelo is just a fascinating character. I have been the host for the original NXT, or rather 1.0. I was the host for when those vignettes of Tony D'Angelo started and thought, certainly that won't work. And then he debuted, and it was so the vignettes were so ridiculous that when he debuted, everybody was like, yeah, sure, whatever, let's cheer him. And now he's just a guy that they're... That's like one of their guys. He's not the top tier of guy, but he's right in there, which is weird. I don't know, you know? Um, so, that's fine. That just, that's what we have. Um, Braun Breaker versus Robert Roode with Dolph Ziggler, NXT champion Dolph Ziggler. Um... They're trying to sell you on Robert Roode's glorious one, like character, and it's easy to forget that Robert Roode was was NXT champion. Um, I always thought that NXT Robert Roode was just kind of a cool theme song, and I know Robert Roode is very talented, and I I know that he's a very good world champion. I saw it in TNA, but something when he got to NXT just wasn't there and it never connected with me. I don't know if people really, maybe people really liked him. I don't know, but I just always thought it was very boring. I thought it was just standard kind of bad guy stuff. And again, I thought the theme song was really cool. Uh, but after the theme song, I didn't have a lot that I cared about. And so, like, then he goes to the main roster. I'm still not sure why. Does a lot of nothing. He does something the first couple weeks when people who don't watch NXT but do watch Raw or SmackDown heard that theme song for the first time, and everybody was like, oh, my God, this is the best. 
So every time you saw Robert Rude, it, the song was playing, so people got really into it, and then nothing. And here he is all this time later, teaming with Dolph Ziggler, who were both doing nothing, except now Dolph Ziggler's the NXT champion. So, at some point, Dolph Ziggler gets thrown out of the match because he's trying to do too much. And, um, obviously, Braun Breaker beats Robert Roode. Stop it. Um, Dolph Ziggler super kicks Braun Breaker afterward. Um... I mean, what are we, I mean, what are we doing, you know? Like, Dolph Ziggler as NXT champion is is still one of those things like, I really like Dolph Ziggler, so I'm actually fine with it. I was never under any illusion that Braun Breaker would be sticking around for an extended period of time. I figured we had until Vince McMahon noticed him, for example. So, like, it was never going to be Braun Breaker's been NXT champion for a calendar year. Like, there was no way that Vince was not going to notice him by then. And lo and behold, Vince noticed him. He was on the he was on an episode of Raw, and then now he's not the NXT champion anymore, and he's moving on because they see potential, and it's hard not to see potential in fairness. And they're going to try and start making money with that immediately. Now, I can understand the sentiment there, certainly. Like, this person is going to make us money if we do this right. So let's get him out here to a place where he can earn us some money. Got that. But I thought the entire point now of NXT 2.0 was to prepare the future stars of tomorrow and if that's what we're doing then why would you take somebody out of the developmental thing clearly before they're developed Braun Breaker's very good Braun Breaker hasn't been given that much to do he kind of just got here he's had a couple of promos he's had a few matches he's been in a few stare downs and he's been champion once so, he got a taste of what the main roster is like, certainly. But he's like a new wrestler, and he hasn't had a ton of time to develop. Now, if you're just going to use your developmental, and then once you notice somebody with potential, you're just going to bring them up to the main roster, then that kind of means that the rest of people in de- the people in developmental are just kind of in a holding pattern until either you see a potential in them or... There's like a very specific thing you want them to do on your roster. So if we're going to do that, then like what's the difference between like a Robert Roode and a Kevin Owens? Robert Roode was just kind of there. Kevin Owens was like the best character and best talker bad guy that I had seen to that point. So like if Braun Breaker's so clear and way better, then like what am I doing with the rest of them? It just seems like we're also kind of pulling him up too soon. And just because they're more in control of of the system now of NXT doesn't mean they're going to get any better at recognizing when it's time to like bring that out or give that, um, you know, give that a chance. But, you know. Here we are, and whatever we say here, Braun Breaker's going in the main roster. 
he has all of the tools and potential to do that. But I've said a million times that WWE's not interested in new stars. They say they are, but do no work to the contrary. And I tend to lean towards believing what people do rather than what they say they're going to do or want to do. So, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of what we have. Um, so, next um, ladder qualifying match um, is Grayson Waller versus A-Kid. Um, so, our second match on the show, trying to build up that ladder match. And obviously, Grayson Waller wins that match. I mean, A-Kid is a very good wrestler, but, like, Grayson Waller was, was going to win... Um, so it was a really fun match. It didn't get a lot of time. Um, so look, Sokoa did that thing from earlier where he comes out and watches the match very closely. Um, so afterward, Carmelo Hayes gave a kid, Cameron Grimes and Roger Strong, like a second chance in a triple threat, uh, match. And the winner goes on to qualify. seems like Cameron Grimes should win that. Um, so yeah, Grayson Waller should have been in that match. So, you know, that that works. Um Creed Brothers beat the Grizzled Young Veterans, which was just kind of a setup because there was a mystery team um that like showed up on the Titantron and they just kinda like broke up Diamond Mine's like training room thing. So there's a you know, there's a mysterious faction after Diamond Mine. Um, maybe this would, uh, you know what? Maybe this would work if I if I cared about Diamond Mine. Maybe it would. You know, I don't know. Probably would. That seems like Diamond Mine is the foundation upon which this is built, and that's a shaky foundation for me. But so here we are, and it's gonna be some kind of multi-person tag match. I don't know what the other faction is. They didn't do a great job with this one, so I don't have a super big amount of confidence they're going to nail it this time. But, you know, what do I know other than a lot of stuff that I've observed over just the course of doing this show, for example? Anyway, that should be fun to unravel that mystery together, huh? Gunther with Imperium versus Duke Hudson with Persia. Pirata, I think. I wrote it, I meant to write it phonetically, and the, the autocorrect messed it up. Backstage, Persia says that Duke Hudson can beat anyone, and Dexter Loomis kind of drew Gunther. See if he's up for that challenge. He did okay for a second, but then Gunther beat him, but obviously. He won with that power bomb. Um, then he's talking smack about LA Knight, and then LA Knight shows up to um, challenge him. Imperium attacks LA Knight. MSK make the save. Um, LA Knight versus Gunther, not a thing that I thought I was going to see, uh, in NXT. That's not, if you had told me Gunther was coming, the matches that I had in my head did not necessarily include LA Knight, but I like it. That should be a fun feud for them to have. You got MSK to deal with Imperium, so you can, that should be fun. LA Knight's better in the ring than you think he is. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Gunther's still a bad name, obviously. 
We have the finals of the Women's Dusty Classic, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray versus Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu. There was one serious team here and one joke team, and you could have, I suppose, gone either way. Uh, but they went with the the serious team. So, you know, Io Shirai specifically and, and Kaylee Ray are really great wrestlers, and so are Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu, but Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu's characters are both a little bit ridiculous, and they're kind of aimless, and Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray are just badasses. And I would like to take this opportunity to tell you that Io Shirai might have had one of the best runs by oh, a woman in WWE, much less just NXT. Like, Asuka had a great run with that women's title and literally left NXT and dropped the belt on her way out because nobody came close. So, in terms of dominance, be Asuka. In terms of just, like, accomplishment, like women's champion, tournament winner, award winner, tag champion, women's Dusty Classic winner. Like, she's kind of done everything that... She's literally done everything you can do in, in NXT. Yushirai and Kaylee Ray aren't, like, a team. They're two people that happen to be a team. So, after the... After the match, Mandy Rose is taunting the, the winners. His confetti's falling. Io Shirai and Dakota Kai surprised. Um, that they say that they were... I'm sorry. Io Shirai seemed was, like surprised them somehow by saying they were cashing in that title opportunity to make that women's title match a, a fatal four-way. And then Corey Jade joins. They send Toxic Attraction running. So, fatal four-way tag match for those women's titles. That could be fun. Those women's tag titles don't mean anything. But they're on Toxic Attraction, which are kind of the best thing going in NXT. And a Fatal 4-Way Women's Tag could be a lot of fun. Multi-people tag matches, especially if they're like Tornado style, are usually pretty good. They're usually fun. They're usually like a car crash. I think that could be a lot. I think that could be really good, rather. I'm excited about that, where I wouldn't have been if... It was just like a one-on-one match for titles that don't mean anything. Don't get me wrong. I wanted them to mean something. But to go to Kai and Raquel Gonzalez couldn't beat whoever the women's tag champs were. Was it Bailey and Sasha? And they thought they won, but they didn't. And instead of getting a rematch for those titles, Regal just created new tag titles. And so, and so it was just done like that. And so it was just like secondhand titles that don't mean anything but all these women are very good and I think that this match is going to be fun this is underrated the story's not super solid on this match but it's got some of the most personal grudge of any of the of the feuds that have materialized so far and it could be really good it's the card is shaping up we have our tag match we almost have our Ladder match set. We know Braun is challenging Dolph for that NXT title. It's going to be weird if Braun loses because if Braun loses, he's I don't think he's on NXT the next week. I think he's just gone to the main roster. And I think he's going to because I think they won him on the main roster yesterday. Which means that Dolph Ziggler is going to continue to be your NXT champion. I guess my question would be, who's the person you're going to use him to put over? Because 
you could feed people to him right now to help change the perception of Dolph Ziggler as this person who does not win big matches or compete uh, well in storyline in big situations. But now he's the champion. You want him to look credible if he's going to have your brand's title on him. So you feed him a few people. Who's the one that beats him? Do we have Carmelo lose the North American title in this ladder match? And then it's Carmelo Hayes? Because next to Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes is very clearly, to me, the one with the most potential that's in NXT, barring an Io Shirai, who I think has best woman on the roster potential. So, I would think then that Carmelo Hayes would be our most likely person to dethrone Dolph Ziggler. Again, short of Braun Breaker, he's the only one that I could see believably doing so right now. You could heat somebody up. Maybe Dolph Ziggler goes on a long run and Solo Sokoa is the one that works his way up. Maybe it's Duke Hudson. I could see that. But right now it's Carmelo Hayes, and I don't see Carmelo Hayes losing steam anytime soon. I see him just getting better and better. And if you you started him with the North American title, I think Carmelo Hayes will hold that NXT title someday. I think maybe give Dolph a few-month run here heat Carmelo up even more and go from there. Then Carmelo wins. Then they can feud with like Grayson Waller. And I think that would be a great feud for him out of the gate. Boom. I did it for you. There you go. You're welcome. Braun, have fun on the main roster. I sincerely hope that they know what to do with you, but their history indicates that they don't, but you're very talented. So that's it for the NXT this week. Again, headed right to Stand and Deliver, getting ready for it. I'm pretty excited about it. I think the matches will be good. That's kind of been the weird thing about NXT 2.0. On the premium live events, the wrestling's still pretty good. It's not what it was, but it's close enough. Let me know what you think. I'm on Twitter. I'm at ZachNXT at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T. But for this week, that's it for NXT, so that's it. For me, I have been Zachary Smith, and you have been fantastic, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to Patreon.com slash WWEPodcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.